All right, Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God from the Father, or, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Isn't it wonderful? How many of you know somebody that they go to church on Christmas and Easter? That's, that's when they go to church. And I'm thankful that we do set aside a particular Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I think you'd have a hard time finding a Sunday or any service at Grace Baptist Church where we don't talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, that's the basis and the cornerstone for our faith. We don't need a special day to remember that. But it's a great opportunity to reach out to people that that's been their tradition. Amen? But like even here in our text, we've read this every week for months about God raising Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 2. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's our verse for today again. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to preach it and teach it. Father, today I pray that, um, that you are honored by what is said in this pulpit and then how it is received in the pews. So, Father, I pray that today we will have a better understanding of what your will is. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, we're looking through the book of Galatians, and the book of Galatians, the foundation of it is that salvation is by grace, by faith, and that's not by works, Amen. You can't do anything to be good enough to go to heaven. One of our ladies just this week had a conversation with someone who said that uh, she still believes that she has to do something to atone for her sin, either in this life or after she dies. And that is, how many of you know people that that's the way they live? That's why the book of Galatians is so important. It, it just lays that foundation so clearly. That's the foundation for the book of Galatians. The, the emphasis, the point of the book of Galatians, though, is that we can live the Christian life the same way that we got saved, by grace, through faith. It's not a work of the flesh. It's not something that we have to do. It's what happens when we give ourselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ and work through His power and His Spirit. So now we are in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4 again, and let's look at this. Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. Last week, we looked at this present evil world, and we don't need a lot of convincing to understand that this is an evil world, right? So now we're to the good part of it. That's by the will of God. So today, we're going to be looking at the will of God, maybe next Sunday night also looking at the will of God. But this morning, I want us to talk about what the Bible says about the will of God. Now, if, how many of you have been through discipleship? Did you raise your hands? You've been through discipleship. Okay. Those of you who have been through our discipleship ministry, we have a lesson on the will of God. And so some of this may be familiar to you, but some of it won't. We cover, I think, four verses on the will of God. There are more than 10 verses in the New Testament on what the will of God is. And so we're going to be dealing with all of those verses through these couple of messages that we have. But how many of you have ever heard someone say this? Well, I'm just praying for the will of God in this particular area. 
Is it God's will that I marry this person? Is it God's will that I buy a white car or a blue car? Is it God's will that I take this job? Is it God's will that I move? Is it God's will that I get a divorce? Is it God's will that I... And people will pray. And what happens, and I see this, somebody will make a decision and they'll say, well, here's how I knew that this was supposed to happen. Um, I heard a preacher say this one time. He, a church in Hammond, Indiana, had called him and wanted him to come and be their pastor. He was pastoring in Texas. And he said that he was praying about it, and he was driving down the street, and he saw a truck go by that was full of Hammond organs. And so that was God helping him see that he needed to go to Hammond, Indiana. Well, I saw a commercial for Hawaii this week. Uh, how many of you uh, in, in, in January felt like it was God's will for you to be serving in Hawaii? Right? Or, you know, someplace warm. Um, that, I call that anecdotal Christianity. And you hear, that, you hear that kind of thing all the time. Well, I knew that I was supposed to go to that place because I was watching a television show... And in that television show, the grandpa said to the daughter some great words of wisdom, and I knew God was speaking to me, revealing his will. And people say this stuff to me, and really, folks, I'm trying very hard to be kind. I really am. But my eyes start crossing, and I'm trying to think, what do I say next? And it's usually something like, huh, because where do you go with that? God does not reveal... Well, we're going to try to discern how God reveals himself to me and what God's will for my life is. But I promise you this. He has not painted it on the side of a truck. He's not going to write it in the sky for you. He's not going to, you know, have the birds fly over Grandpa's funeral and, you know, so Grandpa can wave bye to you. How many of you have ever heard somebody say something like that? Right? We had the funeral, and these leaves started falling everywhere. And I knew that was Papa saying goodbye. How many of you ever heard somebody say something like that? Now, praise God, most of the time when somebody's saying, they're just hurting people. And they're trying to find a way to, to make sense of their loss and to communicate that. So it, it sounds like I'm mocking, um, and I'm not. Just saying what they say sounds like you're mocking it, doesn't it? Now, the flip side of it is people who never hear from God at all, ever. God never speaks to them. They don't care. Somewhere in between is the truth. But one of the problems that we have with this whole understanding of the will of God and finding the will of God outside of the words of Scripture is you end up with haves and have-nots. You have the people that God speaks to. God has spoken to me. God has told me what I'm supposed to do. And He didn't tell you. I must be a better Christian than you. Right? How many, have you ever wished that God would speak to you the way that he's spoken to someone else? Have you ever had that? Uh, well, the problem is God didn't speak to that person. Now, their decision, the decision they made, may have been a right decision. 
But if they didn't get it from the pages of Scripture, God didn't say it to them. Amen? I don't want you to ever feel like you are not... that you, I don't ever want you to feel like that you are a second-class Christian citizen because you're not hearing the audible voice of God or God didn't send you the message on the side of a semi. Amen? And now I've got to tell you, I know some of you are thinking this only happens in wacky churches. This happens in independent, Bible-believing, Baptist churches every week because people don't have a clear understanding of how God works in us and through us. So what we're going to study over the next couple of messages, next week, of course, will be Easter. The following week will be our anniversary Sunday. And then I believe the following week we'll be back to the Galatians study. And maybe a Sunday night in there we'll be doing some Galatians stuff too. But what we're going to be looking at in this over the next few messages is this understanding of what the will of God is. Now, those of you who have been through discipleship, you understand the will of God is the same for everybody. So that's why it's so funny. I'm really praying that God will reveal His will to me. He has. Here, let me help you with that. I, I, I can fix that. I can explain that to you. Let me show you what God's will is. How many of you think that if God wanted us to know His will, He would tell us? He did. He did tell us. Okay, so there's the introduction. Um, we really need to correct our thinking on this because God has revealed how He wants us to live. All right, so Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Number 1, it is God's will that we be delivered from this present evil world. All right, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. All right, so the first thing that we understand about God's will, okay, you're praying for God's will in your life. Okay, I've got people doing this to me again. I'm very insecure. I need you to look at me and give me affirmation as I'm speaking. All right, so the first thing that we see from God's will is that He wants us to be delivered from this present evil world. I don't know about you. I was just praying before I came in here in between Sunday school and church. As I was getting ready to preach. And basically I said something like this. Lord, you know what a knothead I am. You know, because how many of you, can, can we all just testify for a minute? How many of you genuinely struggled with some kind of sin this week? And you know that you were struggling with sin when you did it. Would you raise your hand? Yeah, me too. Me too. But God's will is that we be delivered from this present evil world. How is that going to happen? You ready for this? By us understanding what God's will for us is in this present evil world. There are some simple truths that God has given us that will help us to live the Christian life in this present evil world. But the first thing that we understand is He did save us to deliver us from it. What does that mean? Well, we talked about that. Remember, I, I think I had Nick up here and I had to peel him away from this present evil world. Y'all remember that? The first thing that He wants us to do is see that we're supposed to be different from this world. So let's go through and let's start looking at uh, some of these texts. All right. So number one, it is God's will that we, we be delivered from this present evil world. Number two, it is God's will that we stand perfect and complete in all 
of His will. How are we doing? Let me, let me say this again. It's God's will that we stand perfect and complete in all His will. Is there anyone here that stood perfect and complete in all of God's will this past week? No, but that is God's will for us. How does that happen? Only when we're delivered from this present evil world. Look with me at Colossians chapter 4. Just a couple of books over. Colossians chapter 4. Okay, the Apostle Paul, writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these are inspired words to the Christians in the church at Colossae. So he's recommending or he is greeting the church for Epaphras. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. And here's what he was praying for that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So Epaphras' prayer for the believers in Colossae, recorded in the Holy Spirit, is that you could stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So what is the step that we take? To, it's done by prayer. It's done by prayer. Folks, we must pray for each other. We must pray for each other. You know, I need to pray for you as you're in your job working. At, you know, as Ty is designing pop can lids. How many of you think that's a pretty cool job? I think that's a pretty cool job. He that's what he does. He designs can. That that's what you do all day, right? Yeah, and, oh, no, he designs the machines that make the, the lids. All right, so I need to pray for Ty that while he's doing that, that he can stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, here's the problem. How can I pray that for him if I don't know what God's will is? This is why it's so important that we know what the word of God is so that we can pray intelligently for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so important that we do that. So, now let's, let's get this right. His prayer was that they would stand. That means you're not knocked over. That you would stand. Perfect. Now, again, we got to understand Bible words. Perfect is mature. So that he would be a mature believer standing complete in God's will. So what is God's complete will? Well, the first thing that we're saying is he wants us to be delivered from this present evil world. So my prayer for Ty would be that as he's working, that he can be not stained by this evil world. How many of you, when you walk into work, by the time you leave, you, feel, you genuinely feel like you've been stained by the world? Right? We need to pray. We need to pray. Um... I was thinking about, I was talking with Josh Divens a while back. And you understand that somebody like Josh and, and probably Dave here, they only get to see the worst part of our society. How many of you have had the police at your house this week? They only get to see the dregs of our society. 
That's the people that they live with. How many of you think you could become cynical? Right? So we need to pray for Josh that that doesn't rub off on him, that it doesn't impact his spirit. Dave, does it impact your spirit, brother? We need to pray for these guys. You school teachers, how many of you school teachers, you're dealing with these other knotheads all day long and you're seeing the influence of godlessness from their homes that they're bringing to school with them and, and you're thinking, how, do I, how can I maintain the mind of Christ as I'm teaching these students? Any of you struggle with that? You ever struggle with that? We need to pray for these people. We need to pray for Beth as she's in that schoolroom that she can do that. We need to pray for Dodie as she's in that schoolroom, for Matt and for Jody and for Wade and for Brent and for Maureen and for, how many, Tori and Nathaniel. and We got way too many teachers. I'm sick of you guys. I can't pray for all you people. <laughs> Brother Yates back here. Oh, Carol. No, she's, she's touched by the world. She, she's hopeless. <laughs> Carol, we have all of these teachers that are in the world. They are immersed in the world all day long, every day. Kelly, Kelly's here too. All day long, you say, well, some of them teach at Christian schools. Yeah, there's sinners there too. I know I went to a Christian school. I was one of the sinners, trust me. <laughs> All right, so you, you see, we need to pray, and that's what this verse is saying. It's instructing us that the will of God is for us to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, yeah, Chad, sorry, another one of our educators. See, we, we have to pray. We must pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that they can first be delivered from this present evil world, that they can stand, that they can be mature believers in the world and complete in all the will of God. So by the end of this series, I hope that we'll be able to pray intelligently for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that they can stand in all the will of God. Um, and, and let me say this, this isn't some mystical thing. We're not waiting for the birds to fly by and show us what this is. It's in the Bible, okay? Now, so number one, it is God's will that we be delivered from this present evil world. Number two, it is God's will that we stand perfect and complete in all of His will. And number three, it is God's will that we come together to be refreshed. Look with me at uh, Romans chapter 15. Isn't it refreshing when you've been in the world all week to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ? It's just refreshing. Um, praise the Lord. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 32. The Apostle Paul is praying. And he says, That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. The Apostle Paul was praying as he's traveling out in the world, evangelizing out in the world. He wanted to go and be with a group of believers so that he could be refreshed. That's why it's so important that you stay plugged in. Um, when you're going through trouble, when you're going through hard times, depending on your personality type, 
Sometimes you say, I can't face them today. When what you need is your brothers and sisters to come alongside you that day and just encourage you and refresh you. The other thing that I don't think that sometimes we understand, do you think the people in Rome understood that they were going to refresh the Apostle Paul? Have you ever read the writings of the Apostle Paul and you say, man, I could never be a Christian like that? Have you ever felt that way? And here are just the common people, the church at Rome. Those are the people that Paul was looking to for refreshment. And so one of the problems that we face is this. You might say, man, there's no reason for me to be at church today. I've got all this stuff on my mind. I'm not going to be able to listen to the preacher anyway. Have you ever felt that way? I'm not going to be able to listen today anyway. Well, what if just your presence is an encouragement to someone that was looking for you? It was a help. It was a blessing. Um, I had a conversation with someone about this. It's been several years ago. And this guy was saying, well, there's not any reason for me to be there. And I said, there might be somebody else that needs to see you. That next week, that next week he came to church and someone that he had known from years ago was in church that day. And he made a connection with that person. And God used him in that service. You never know what a blessing it will be to someone else, what a refreshing, a refreshment it will be to someone else just to see you. How many of you enjoy finding someone, a friend at church? What a blessing that is. You don't know how important you are to somebody else. You don't know. Uh, it was fun to walk in this morning and see these guys greeting people out here. Smile on their face, enjoying each other's company. I walk downstairs and I see Brent and Wade and Matt standing there talking, fellowshipping with each other, probably making fun of people. Um, it, it, you walk in, you see everybody, you see people in, in corners and all over the place talking with each other. And of course, you do every once in a while see somebody like this. All the way over, away from everybody. Humming. <laughs> um, here, I'll come over here. Nobody talks to me. You say hi and you go, yeah. Well, you know what? We need to make it our job to refresh that person. To invest in that person so that down the road they'll refresh somebody else they will refresh somebody else i gotta tell you i love church i love coming here i love seeing you what a blessing it is to watch you interact with each other how about these kids laura and i were just talking um jacob what grade are you in he's in sixth grade i know it's sad <laughs> we homeschool i don't have any idea what grade he's in all right So sixth grade. Next year, he's going to be in the youth group. How many of you other sixth graders? Would you raise your hand? Sixth graders? Adam? There's, there's more around. These young people, they're going to move into the youth group. I was just asking Becca how old she, what grade she's in, and she didn't know. But no, no. She said, <laughs> Becca said fifth grade. Two years, these young people are going to be, or these, these children are going to be in our youth group. 
That's unbelievable. I remember when they were born. It's just amazing watching this happen in our church. And it's refreshing to see these children that are serving the Lord. You realize how awesome our youth group is going to be when we get this current group out and these new ones come in? (laughs) It's going to be tremendous. (laughs) Sorry, guys. It was a joke. It was funny, though, wasn't it? You got to admit. Yeah. Yeah. It it is such a blessing. And it's just refreshing to to, to come and see other people that are raising their children right, that are influencing their children right. Man, it's better because you talk to the people in the neighborhood and, you know, the 12-year-old is in all kinds of trouble and all of those things. We need to reach those people. Amen? But it sure is nice to come around other people that are doing it right. It's, It's encouraging. It's a blessing. It's refreshing. That's God's will. That's God's will that we come together for refreshing. Then... So number one, it's God's will that we be delivered from this present evil world. Number two, it's God's will that we stand perfect and complete in all of His will. Number three, it's God's will that we come together to be refreshed. And number four, and number four, it is God's will that we give ourselves. That we give ourselves. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, Look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit or to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Okay, so now, most of the messages that you hear on giving, it's about money. And that's important because... You know, got to have the lights on, got to pay for the buildings, got to, right? Giving is important. It's the way that we do ministry. One of the things that we have to have is money. But that's not where it starts. So it is God's will that we first give ourselves to the Lord. So now here's my question. Have you given yourself completely to the Lord? Where you say, Lord, I'm yours. Everything I have Everything that I am, everything that I hope to be, Lord, it's yours for your use. Everything. Everything that I have is yours. Um, I've asked Dan New to borrow his truck before. And he says, sure. I mean, I thank him, you know. He goes, oh, it's the Lord's truck. Take it and use it. So if any of you need a truck, here's Dan. (laughs) We'll see how real that is. Um, just put gas in it. That's right. <laughs> so you just lost all the blessing right there. Just like that. It's gone. Just like that. <laughs> See, the, the idea, ha- have you done that? I'm not asking if you're saved. Aren't you glad you didn't have to give yourself completely to the Lord to get saved? Because you wouldn't have even know what you need to give 
All you need to know to get saved is that you deserve hell. Jesus Christ is the Savior. And He wants to give you eternal life if you'll acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior. Amen? Praise God. Salvation is different than giving yourself completely to the Lord. How many of you know saved people that haven't given themselves completely to the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard somebody say one time that there, there's two kinds of people in the church. There are the pillars of the church that uphold the church and support the church. And then there's the caterpillars that crawl in and out every Sunday. <laughs> that's, come on, that's funny. The only people that don't think that's funny are the ones that crawl in and out every Sunday. Um, I wonder, though, how much of your week this week was spent for the Lord. Consciously spent for the Lord. You know, Doug, did you build engine blocks? For the, or did you try to get people to do busy work, since there's no parts at Honda right now, for the Lord? See, that, that's it. My studying this week, my administrative stuff this week, did I do that for the Lord or do it because I have to do it? Young people, your, your schoolwork that you did this week, did you do it for the Lord? Your interaction with people during the week, this week, was it for the Lord? Are you starting to see what I'm talking about? When you got in the car and you were driving and that guy was cutting you off, did you run him off the little road for the Lord? <laughs> see what happens? When you're living your life for the Lord, that's, you understand that's the will of God. God's will is that you live every day and every moment of every day for Him. You give yourself to Him. Um, you know, that's part of the marriage relationship, isn't it? Husband and wife, we give ourselves to each other. What if I told my wife, I'm yours on Sunday? The rest of the time, leave me alone. How, long you how many of you think, well, of course, she might think that's better than what we have. <laughs> But how many of you think that would be a successful relationship? Anybody? And yet, in, the, in our Christian life, that's the way that many of us serve God. We give God an hour on Sunday. That's, that's what we give Him. That's, and I'm not talking about what ministry you're in. That's not what I'm talking about. Although I do believe God wants us to work in the ministry of the local church. But you don't have to be doing that to serve the Lord. Do you, have you given yourself completely to Him? That is God's will, according to this text. And then, after you've done that, then you give yourselves. You give yourself to your brothers and sisters in Christ for service. To where you live your life, the point of your life is others. i got to tell you, man, I can be pretty selfish. I can be pretty selfish. My kids are saying, yeah, you got to see me try to get the remote from dad. You know, I think that many of us, we do live for ourselves. That's why it's got to be the Holy Spirit. It can only be by the grace of God and through the Holy Spirit that we start living outside of ourselves for someone else. Where you, you live your life to be a servant and to help someone else. Oh, man. And, you know, I know like we've been talking about the teachers early on. And I know that every teacher goes into the classroom with that desire. You want to build people. You want to help people. But man, the job can get you down. And that's where then you need the Holy Spirit to help you build those young people. All of us got to give ourselves first to the Lord 
and then to others. Why? Why? By the will of God. But it's God's will that we do that. All right, so... Number one, it is God's will that we be delivered from this present evil world. Number two, it is God's will that we stand perfect and complete in all of His will. Number three, it is God's will that we come together to be refreshed. Number four, it is God's will that we give ourselves first to each other. Or, I'm sorry, first to the Lord, then to each other. And then number five, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, when I, I, I personally believe that thankfulness is the answer to almost every problem. Whatever it is, when I am full of resentment and bitterness, when that happens to me, it's always because I'm not thankful. Because life is hard, amen? We live in a fallen world. People are sick. We all have different ailments that we're dealing with. I was walking out of Clancy's this morning to my car. You know, Clancy's where the elite meet to eat. And I was walking out of Clancy's, walking to my car. There was a car coming into the drive-thru. And I needed to get some pickup in my get-along to get away from the car. And so I noticed myself moving over to the... And I, I got to the car and I said, man, I'm old. <laughs> it was hard to move this morning as I was moving around. How many of you honestly felt that way this morning? Would you raise your hand? Look around. Look around. Hold them up. Hold them up. Look around. You're not alone. This is life. How about you be thankful that you can still get up and move? How about you still be thankful that you can read? Still be thankful that you can see, that you can hear, that you can, that you can touch. Let's, let's, we need to be thankful for everything. You need to be thankful for pain. If you didn't have pain, man, you'd have body parts falling off. Right? You need to be thankful. It's a good thing. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. We need, the Bible says that we're supposed to give thanks in everything. That doesn't mean every situation is good. When you have a child that dies, is that good? No, but you can pray and say, Lord, thank you that I had him at all. Lord, thank you that your grace is going to get me through this. Lord, thank me, thank you that I'm going to be able to help someone else down the road. But before that happens, will you please help me? I know you're good. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible says it. Is this, let's look at the verse again. In the good things, give thanks. No, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God's will is that you be thankful. Don't, don't raise your hands here, but I wonder how many of you struggled in your spirit this week. I wonder how many of you struggled with your current situation. Um, you know, some of you have serious issues that you're dealing with right now. Loved ones who are sick. Uh, Jenny Diven's grandfather died this week. Praise God. She just led him to the Lord a week or two ago. 
Isn't God's grace wonderful? How many of you are thankful for God's grace? And remember, this was a situation that none of us, humanly speaking, thought could happen, him getting saved. God did it. We need to be thankful. But she's going through a hard time right now. Some of you have, like my mom, her health is horrible. That's hard. But praise God that she was able to be in a good hospital where doctors were able to care for her. Thank God the dad's health has come up enough to where he can do the things he needs to do for her at home. But that doesn't make it easy. You know, when your mom or your dad get cancer, you hear that something is hopeless for your parents. That's hard. Amen? Thank God that you had parents. Thank God that you've got a God that you can pray to when you're going through that. Thank God that you have other family members that can come alongside you. Thank God that you have brothers and sisters in Christ that will assault the throne of God for you, for that need. Be thankful. You young people, be thankful that you got parents that bring you to a church. Thank God that you got parents that love you enough to discipline you, that love you enough to say, no, nah, you're not going to be with her anymore. No, nah, you're not going to be with him. He's an idiot. You've got to stay away from him. Dad, how do you know? Trust me. He's an idiot. And dads, thank God that you can tell he's an idiot. <laughs> Amen? We just need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. I can tell you this. I'm thankful for you. Going over to Slovenia and Monte Barlow, pastoring 10 people, only one of them saved? I've got at least three more than that. <laughs> I'm thankful for Grace Baptist Church. I'm thankful that we've got a building where we can come worship. I'm thankful that I've got a beautiful study where I can uh, prepare and study and, and the opportunity to preach the gospel. I'm thankful that I get to preach the gospel many nights of the week. Just go and preach and build people up in the faith. Man, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a wife that keeps things going at home and kids that know how to obey and know how to respond and have a good spirit. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you parents who are, you are genuinely striving to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ established the church so that we could know each other, so that we could refresh each other, so that we could encourage each other. Do you know what all this is? It's the will of God. Are you starting to see that if you will do the will of God, your life will be better? You know what you'll have? Your best life now. <laughs> That'll happen. At, if you, that's, Joel, that's the title of Joel Osteen's book, okay, Your Best Life Now. You don't need somebody's book to have your best life now. You just need God's book. He's told you what His will is. If you will, by the Spirit of God, submit to His will, be obedient to His will, you know what will happen? All of a sudden, you'll be happy. You'll be refreshed. You'll be encouraged. You'll be blessed. You'll be useful. Amen? That's God's will. Do you know what happens when that happens? All of a sudden, you are being delivered from this present evil world praise his holy name there's still pain there's still family members who get sick and die there, there, there's still struggle but there's joy in the middle of the tribulation because you know that you're in god's will you know that you've been faithful and that helps so much so here's my prayer for you that you be delivered from this present evil world according to the will of god Lord, thank you so much for your word.